everyone. Welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin as we tackle M79, a fan favorite and the absolute epitome of Baroque pop. Unreal. Um, it's 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 the Beatlesiest Vampire Weekend song I can think of off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. Um, just a gorgeous track. And I I first started my research. I was coming back from a friend's house and I threw it on while I was on the bus and it was just like it fits it's beautiful because it's weird because I grew up in rural Wisconsin I never got to ride the bus and now I love riding the bus and this is so cool I love this yeah I I I love this song do you have any info for us about the M79 bus line I took a look at it yeah so it, it plays into the song so it runs on 79th street it is one of the few connections between the Upper East Side and the Upper West Side because it crosses through Central Park. Mm, There's okay. a little kind of dippy do of 79th Street that goes through the middle of Central Park. It has actually the bus actually has a stop in the middle of Central Park and then keeps going. Mm. So I mean, obviously a hustle and bustle in part of Manhattan. I mean, the whole thing is really, but going through Central Park is pretty notable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I. I... Um, so I assume this was from their Columbia days, that their the, their familiarity with the line. I think it has to be because I where is Columbia exactly? Um, I guess it's a little further in north. New York City. Uh, yeah, it's exactly it's I think it's I think it's a little further north, but it's it, obviously the guys would have been here. I mean, obviously Central Park is a place people would have gone, um, so it makes sense. But yeah, you have to imagine this from the Columbia days. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think if you want to point out a song that embodies first LP Vampire Weekend and the Baroque pop um, kind of aesthetic they chose, this is it. Um, I mean, a lot of their other songs off this album have a lot of Africana pop going, um, but this is just like, you got the violins, you got the cello, you got um, like just very much kind of a classical vibe to it i think it's funny you say that because if you check the tape i think there's probably at least three other lp1 songs that we said like this is quintessential lp1 and it's true because like it speaks so much to the cohesiveness, cohesiveness of the album yeah i no. mean it's it's really vignettes and i think this is there might be a little bit of story here i think this song is mostly vignette but definitely you listen to this album and all of these songs belong on this album, you know, and this again is like kind of a good center of gravity for LP one. Yeah. I mean, I would say the only song that you can make an argument for not fitting is Rin, but even then I think it fits pretty well. I think it does pretty well. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a very cohesive album. I think that's why it's still my second favorite album over Father of the Bride. I think I like the song, some of the songs on Father of the Bride better. But as a straight listen through, I think it's second to Modern Vampires of the City. Double albums are also just hard. You know, it's just long. And I think it, it this is such a fleeting thing. Um, it You're done with it. It's right there. It's kind of like it speaks to it being a vignette, really. Um and you're right. Like it's almost like there's some ways in which Father the Brian almost attempts to be a concept album, and 
not saying that they tried and failed at that because I'm not really sure if that's what they wanted to do, but you're right. This is just so right there. It's so present. It's like deep because as we've talked about some of these topics kind of sort of are deep, but it's also like, it's not trying too hard. I don't think. Yeah. I was reading, um, I was reading the thing I just tweeted that you liked that tweet uh, from the show account. Uh, That was a comment section from a Washington post um, post, I guess it it reads like a blog post. I don't know what it was. It's very, this website item on is very like web 1.0. But it's some blog posts from like 2008 when some guy went to go see uh, vampire weekend at some club in Washington, DC. And the guy says, Vampire Weekend is the perfect example of a band that is simply very pleasant. And, you know, if you don't really read too far into the lyrics, or at least maybe try and make stuff out of thin air, like we kind of have at times, and you just listen to the songs, like, yeah, that's totally what LP1 is. You're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Speaking of seeing Vampire Weekend, there is Vampire Oh my movies. gosh. So Vampire Weekend is back being live. Um, unfortunately, as a Bay Area resident, I could not afford to go to the, the Outside Lands performance. But what? the tickets were like $700 for one day. That ain't right. Is it tonight? <laughs> um, no, it was, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Apparently, yeah. there was a live stream. I wasn't in a position to watch it because I was at yet another Notre Dame football game. But, um, hey concerts are happening again that's pretty cool yeah i mean i the way i saw it was i'm hoping they'll tour soon again and um it would be cheaper just to fly and see them on their own than they go to outside lands yeah, yeah. and it's like okay i'd rather do that i'd that right. have a much better experience than mm-hmm. a festival lineup so but yeah so vampire weekend is back back for live performances hopefully that means some music's coming one would hope one would hope so yeah we can dive into the song let's get into this uh so verse one it's gonna take a little time while you're waiting like a factory line all right across the park back seat on the 79 wasted days you've come to pass so yeah i like you said uh right across the park uh it's a bus line that goes through uh, Central Park, so kind of that line checks. Um, but yeah, who's who's waiting like a factory line? Who's whose man's we got here? Um, yeah. I think this is about a breakup, right? Yeah, I, I, I think agree. that's what it's about. But some of the exact verbiage here, I'm not sure what our narrator here is going for. We look at while you're waiting like a factory line. I'm not quite sure what that means. Did you have a stab at that? I um, I was very lost on the factory part. I mean, there's the obvious stretch of saying like, oh, it's talking about upper, lower class dynamics and all that. But it's just like, how so? Like, <laughs> like you, you can say everything in Vampire Weekend's discography is about colonialism. Are you right, though, on certain parts? Maybe. Uh, I, I don't think... Like like you said before, I really, even though this is like kind of a breakup song, 
I really think this is a very much vignette song. Yeah, I don't think there's anything deeper here. I think this might be more of a case of using that same verbiage that we have previously associated with wokeness just to, you know, flush things out in a more interesting way. Because, you know, we talk about pollination. We talk about the Kyber Pass later on, right? Like, this doesn't need to be that complicated, but it's fun to think that it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, when you look at songwriting, like... If you listen to Bob Dylan's music, it feels like you're like taking in literature to an extent. I'm not the biggest Bob Dylan fan, but you have to respect that like there's really cool stuff going on there. And to an extent, Vampire Weekend does this as well. And this just might be an instance of them talking about a rather commonplace occurrence with some very colorful language. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that assessment. Um, then we go out to the pre-chorus. So go, I know you would not stay. It wasn't true, but anyway, pollination, yellow cab. So, so some fight, some disagreement happened, and the narrator says it wasn't true. I don't know how you came to that, but anyway, I guess I'll just move on. I guess I'll have to move on with my life. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the biggest evidence of some breakup happening there. Um, and then he just gets in a cab. Uh, pollination's kind of cool because it's like the bee, uh, yellow taxi. Totally. Um, it's just kind of cool verbiage that loosely connects enough to where um, it's a very Vampire Weekend-esque line. And, you know, one thought I did have is that, I don't know if you want to call this woke, but we have one character taking the bus. We have another character taking the cab. Mm-hmm. You know, taking a cab, like, all the time in New York City is not a necessarily cheap thing to do. Yeah. You know, a, the bus is far more economical. So there could be seen some disparity there between one person's taking a cab, one person's taking a bus. You know, mm-hmm. there's something to, like, think about there. The, and I don't the really bus. know if that potential tension manifests itself elsewhere in this song. Well, let me hold off on that because maybe it does the, the modern day uber versus subway uh, yes mm-hmm. ubers and major cities now are just ridiculous yeah it's it's so tough i mean like i i, I have some friends I, I have some friends that probably live a 15 20 minute like drive away and that equates to about a 45 minute bus or train ride so like if i'm not in a hurry i'll take the bus to the train but that uber at its cheapest is 15 dollars. at its absolute yeah. cheapest and like if you're if you're out on a Friday or Saturday night and it's late and like you don't really feel comfortable taking the train or the bus because it's like the middle of the night, like yeah, it can be ex- expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah, it's it it's crazy in the cities now. I don't even look at Ubers anymore. I just park at the airport because parking <laughs> is cheaper now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, we go first to. You walk up the stairs, see the French kids by the door. Up one more flight, see the Buddha on the second floor. Coronation rickshaw grab. Um, so yeah, I, I think this verse goes a lot more into that privilege aesthetic. Um, and it, it definitely um, supports your theory of like a taxi versus a bus um, mm-hmm. in terms of privilege because she's the one taking the taxi. She's the one walking in seeing these french kids which 
for some reason, French is always uh, associated with like uh, high class um, aesthetics. Except then, in Les Mis, people forget. <laughs> yes. <except laughs> Les Mis. Um, and then, and, and then the interesting line being Buddha on the second floor coronation rickshaw grab, uh, which definitely goes into the preppiness of colonialism, as Ezra would say, mm-hmm. um, in terms of co-opting others' cultures because it seems cool and seems uh, high class and um, better than others to do that. Yeah, so I, I did read somewhere that there is some building in Colombia where there's a Buddhist statue on the second floor. Oh, really? Uh, and, yeah, apparently. But again, like, you're at Columbia, and obviously we, we've talked about how all four members of the band were from humble beginnings, and yet they all went to Columbia. But obviously, at an Ivy League school, you're going to run into some preppy people. So it just happens like that. Um, the other thing I just kind of thought about, and this is more like a 40,000-foot view of the song, but if we look at our narrator talking about the character, um, you know, going about their day and like looking, you know, at these certain buildings, certain things, you know, part of a breakup is realizing that like you knew what a person did kind of like going about their day, like knew the things they saw because they showed them to you. And then you leave that behind because you broke up. That, that hurts a little bit. Right. So I felt a little bit, again, kind of like a 40,000 foot view of this, but we have some lines coming up where our, our character feels a little bit more scorned and yet this presented to me at least these few lines here kind of like oh i'm still feeling a little bit of like sentimentality here mm-hmm, definitely yeah so are, are those next lines in this uh racist dreams you should not have that yeah follow? so i don't know about you nico i don't think i've ever had a racist dream <laughs> i've had some weird ones i don't know about like overtly racist <laughs> yeah um, i don't i don't think I subversely either. racist come to think of it um, Would you know if it's subvertly though? Like, if like how, subconsciously how, how, how am I supposed to answer that? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. Are you imp- calling me imp- racist? I'm saying implicit bias was present in everything. That's no, you're right. I, you're, it, you're absolutely right, and we need, we need to respect that. Um, <laughs> that's not even a joke. It's like everybody well, has I mean, these true. biases, and it's yeah. like, but at the same time, it's like I have a very hard time seeing myself like have a racist degree like, this is what I, is this I would even hope like, so I would, yeah, I would one, really one, hope one, so one would like to think that's not what's going on I would, hope I'm most... not, I would hope i'm not co-hosting a podcast with a racist with a ra- <laughs> <laughs> yikes i mean help, help. i just you... found out my podcast co-host is racist oh no <laughs> thread <laughs> yeah um, reddit slash relationships <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I think we can afford, again, formally come out as a podcast as anti-racist. Um, <laughs> yes, for our podcast for, is firmly, firmly anti-racist. Um, so, but those lines there, so go, I know you would not stay. It wasn't true, but anyway, racist dreams you should not have. I, I don't know what to make of this. I... Again, maybe this may be speaking to someone who is in a position of privilege and it could just be a, a, some sort of dig on them. I don't really know how that manifests itself, though, you know? Maybe it was um, they were dating, but um, she 
just he thinks part of the reason they broke up was because he was not white preppy colonialism french french kids on the stairs you're thinking like a Meghan markle situation yeah yeah mm. yeah because it's co- co-written by uh rostam and ezra and rostam is middle eastern mm. um, but it is interesting to hear it when the band is like very much bashed for being a very white band so um especially at this juncture you know yeah like the the guy who wrote that blog post is talking about how the guy in front of him had a titleist cap and a collared shirt on at <laughs> you know a rock concert so it's like that's a little weird you know <laughs> yeah I, I i don't remember where it was but i think ezra was talking about one time how it's it's a shame how is the first lp kind of took off at frat parties and he was just like, this wasn't meant for you. <laughs> I mean, let's think about Step Brothers, right? Like, what kind of movie is Step Brothers? Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a good movie. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. Gave us the Catalina Wine Mixer, which might be the preppiest thing ever. Love the Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> Isn't that in, like, Northern California near me? Catalina is our islands off the coast by, like, L.A., like Long okay. Beach-ish. Okay. Yeah. So that's somewhat close. Uh, seven same, hour drive same state <laughs> so, yeah big state big big state big so, state so when i heard this lyric i initially thought of the kanye song um i thought about killing no uh, way because yeah that song he he says um let me pull up these lyrics uh, real quick because we know you're a big yay fan Nico a couple of months ago got bored at work and listened to every Kanye album and Ye was ranked what number three for you yeah it's high it's I mean it's a good record I was a big fan of it when it came out I think to put it at number three is really high where would Donda go in that ranking two you think so I mean wow it's honest right now I would probably put it one honestly I come back uh come to life hit me on shuffle the other day and it's like this is so freaking good good it's also like listening to it today if you if there were no lyrics, it would still sound amazing. We yeah. forget that Kanye is such a good producer. Yeah. Have you heard anyway. Life of the Party that wasn't on the album, but no. it was supposed to be, and then it was pulled, and then Drake leaked it thinking like, oh, I got him. And then it, it was like banger. an incredible song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how? Huh, what did you think you were doing there, Drake? Um, how did Drake get his paws on a Kanye song? There's a lot of loose connections between the two. Um, how did... How did uh, Pusha T know that Drake had a child that he was Fair. hiding? <laughs> Supposedly, I, um, it was his producer who told Pusha about that, and not Kanye. But I don't I, know. I texted Nico earlier this week that I was listening to, listening to a couple tracks off of uh, what's that album called? More Life. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Or Take uh, Care, whatever, the, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, it's the one, what a, yeah. Um, Drake album. Incredible and. Drake is very good at his job. Legitimate, I think most number one singles of all time by anybody, straight up. Um, but Nico doesn't like that about me. Half half of this podcast is firmly anti. He pulled he pulled my wavy card like yeah. for like the third time. The it's wavy bad. card has been pulled. <laughs> it will be given back once it once Yay fandom has been proven again. I, I think Nico's actually given it to Notre Dame Stadium, taking it from yes. me and giving it to Notre Dame Stadium. <laughs> 
Yes, for those who are not aware, Notre Dame Stadium, after the third quarter at night games, now plays all of the lights and has so a light show. Although they it was actually, different this week. It right? was different this week, but the we'll never forget the inaugural was all the lights by yeah. Kanye West. So, um, anyway, anyway, racist anyway, dreams. <laughs> I, th- I thought about killing you. Um, the lyrics are, the most beautiful thoughts are always besides the dark darkest today i seriously thought about killing you i contemplated premeditated murder and i think about killing myself i love myself way more than i love you so today i thought about killing you premeditated murder blah 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 um this is the key line just say it out loud to see how it feels people say don't say this don't say that just say it out loud just to see how it feels weigh all the options nothing's off the table um and so what that line is saying he's not saying like Think about murdering someone. He's not saying that. He's saying a lot of times we have these like crazy thoughts that if you said to someone, they would be like, I don't want to speak to you ever again. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you don't actually believe those thoughts. Like, you don't actually want to act on those thoughts. And so he's saying, if you say them out loud, you realize. I don't relate to this, even though it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, and so, yeah. So it's just like by saying it into the space, you kind it kind of loses its power over you, and you realize like I don't want to do this, and it's just a thought in my head. Um, and so that's kind of what I thought about when I first heard this lyric of racist dreams you should not have. It's kind of like this person has these weird racist dreams that like they don't actually act on but um it's like implicit bias almost um but i don't know it might be a little deeper maybe maybe the girlfriend was actually racist you know that's almost it's it's almost empathetic when you say like that because it's almost like okay like i get that you could think this thing that doesn't mean it's true and this is i i I never actually heard your take on that yay song that's because i had not thought not thought about that either credit credit to watching thrones uh watching the throne for um um that take our podcast peers our our line by line podcast peers watch the throne shout out are they aware Um, we exist probably probably not not. uh that's okay i Um, dm'd them on twitter once and they didn't respond oh tough (laughs) um anyway i like that read of it a lot that's cool i'd like to believe that's correct read of this because the alternative is a little spooky (laughs) the alternative (laughs) is they're a lot of racists at Columbia. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that that might mm. be true. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> anywho, um, um, the bridge. We get this great, great outro bridge that's repeated. No excuse to be so callous. Dress yourself in bleeding madras. Charm your way across the Khyber Pass. Some great stuff right there. Yeah, bleeding madras. I had to look that up. Line. I had to look that up because I didn't know what madras are because I'm not preppy enough, apparently. Yeah. Um, for the uninitiated, it is a like a, co- a cotton fabric that typically comes in like a like a plaid tartan pattern uh, in bright colors that it's typically used for summer clothes. So very much the sort of thing that a preppy individual would wear. And when I hear the term bleeding madras, I don't know if that actually is supposed to mean something. I read it as like the colors are so vibrant, it's like they're bleeding out of the clothes. Yeah, so it's a double meaning um, in terms of. So this is from. It's named after the Madras region in India that the cotton is from, and um, bleeding can be the colors bleeding out of the fabric. Um, 
but it probably also refers to the bleeding um, that happened during the uh, colonial days of India. So um, through every um, co-opted imperialistic pursuit, there's also a um, uh, like bloodshed <laughs> through it. So, mm. um, so I, I think it's a double meaning referring to both of those. Um, just touching again on the preppiness of colonialism, the intersection between the two. Totally. Um, and then charm your way across the Khyber Pass. So what's what's the Khyber Pass? So the Khyber Pass, my understanding, is a mountain pass from is it Pakistan into Afghanistan? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So obviously the mountains in that part of the world, my understanding is that like that part of the world is like gorgeous. Like you'll hear these stories of people that get deployed to Pakistan and Afghanistan. And it's like, Oh, like, obviously like I'm here for wartime, but it's also like incredibly beautiful. Um, And obviously it is a very troubled part of the world, uh, especially now, but like there have been plenty of normal people living normal lives there for a very long time. And it's a gorgeous place. And the Khyber pass has been there like forever. Uh, And I think the idea, someone mentioned this on genius. um, It speaks to the, uh, potential charm of an individual i mean for lack of a better term to you know getting across the Khyber pass especially like in in, when you think of the antiquity you think of historically is not necessarily an easy thing to do um and when you paint it like that you 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 kind of have this image of a sly and cunning individual perhaps that would be able to do such a thing and it's also interesting we compare that the Khyber pass with this bus route that cuts through central park yeah well Additionally, I, I think that's all true, but additionally, there is a restaurant in Manhattan called Kyber Pass. No that, way! That closed in 2020. Every every Vampire Weekend song is just about a restaurant in Manhattan. They're actually just really big foodies. That's all. It <laughs> just then, happens to sound like colonialism. In, in 2007, you couldn't have a food Instagram account, so you had to start a band so you could talk about your favorite <laughs> restaurants. Sometimes you gotta do it to them. That's all you can say. Kids, kids really be out here doing the <laughs> most. <laughs> but yeah, it closed in 2020. And based on the comments on the closing, it seems like it was a really good place. A lot of That's people upsetting. said like they really loved it. And one person said, my favorite New York City restaurant for more than 30 years. I'm truly heartbroken. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. I used to work there late 80s. The cook was a wonderful man, although I believe he left a while back. When you said, although I believe, I was afraid you were going to say something disparaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I hadn't read it before, so I was reading it live, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I love this place. It was our go-to for birthdays and New Year's celebrations for decades. That's tough. We gotta do. We you you and you and I gotta go to New York. We gotta find yeah. an excuse to excuse to go to New York and like do like some sort of like Billy Joel like Jay Z like Vampire Weekend reality tour. Yeah, just the food tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, next time Vampire Weekend's playing there, let's just meet up there and go to the concert. Yeah, let's then... let's go to a concert in Manhattan because that's gonna be a really cheap way to go see them. <laughs> Especially considering you're in Chicago and I'm in the Bay in Area, the, Bay the exact area. opposite side of the country. Great. Tremendous. Good stuff. 
Yeah, how long does it take to get to Manhattan from here? Probably like seven hours for a direct flight. Uh, how long yeah. is the direct flight from Chicago to there? To Manhattan? Like probably a touch over two. Two hours. Okay, so then it's probably like six hours. You're looking at six. Yeah. yeah. I did a direct um, Fort Lauderdale to SFO a couple summers ago. And that was six hours pretty much on the dot. Mm. So Oof. I would say something similar. Um. Yeah, this outro finishes with uh, stay awake to break the habit, sing in praise of J- Jackson Crowder, watch your step along the arch of glass. The glass part isn't said in the first part, but then when it's repeated, it's screaming. glass. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Genius was wild in on the stay awake to break the habit. Okay. Because yes. it's, it's like obviously about like drugs and like privileged kids like doing drugs and like just trying to break the habit like once they I don't know um, get a job but um, um, yeah they said habit or they, they talked about the drug thing but then they're like or habits and nuns habit Ezra staying up late with a girl hoping to break her chastity and sleep with her a nun why why would Ezra be singing about this? This seems like a bit too much of a departure for me. I'm not <laughs> I'm you know, I'm not only I'm not taking this theory, I'm I as a podcast I think we can say that we're actively against this theory. <laughs> it's just like why? <laughs> why that's that's just too much. This? That's just too much. Um yeah, I the band, I, I don't think the band has ever attacked Catholics, as far as we're aware. We're not there yet. <laughs> I would say sympathy is attacking organized religion in general. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Crusades. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid criticism. Yikes. Ah. This, this, um, this podcast is firmly anti-crusade. Anti-crusade, yeah. Um, at, least, at least anti-children's crusade. If 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 people don't know what the children's crusade is, I just, don't know what uh, the children's crusade. Is. Give it a look look on Google. It's, oh, it's a boy. wild time. Yeah, uh, I um not a fan a of lot war. Of, a lot of kids just went and like died for no reason, um, because of a miscommunication between the Vatican and like oh. some country in the 1400s. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. That's so called the children's crusade, oh, oh, and no. that that was the last crusade. <laughs> Well, the last crusade happened in 1939 with oh, no. Dr. Henry Jones. I mean, you know this clearly. Oh. Yeah. What did you think I was going to say? I, I had no idea. Oh, boy. I was like, where is um, this going? Good Lord. Um, last crusade happened when Kanye West released uh, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Um, anyway. Um, the story about Jackson Crowder, I think, is very That's funny. a good one. Just some like dude that. on the bus. Yeah. So for the uninitiated, apparently, I actually got this information from this blog post the Washington Post posted. Uh, I don't know where he got his information, the Who's blogger. In the but yeah, apparently, Jackson Crowder is a pseudonym for some dude that Rossum just knew on the bus. And yeah. they liked him. Yeah, they thought it was a cool name. And it, it so... Someone asked about the name in an interview, uh, Q&A with fans, and Ezra said, originally, there was a name there that was a placeholder, and it was a friend of the band, but they felt weird using their name, Um, and so they replaced it with a name that 
Rostam rode the bus with growing up um, and thought was a cool name, but apparently they uh, spelled it wrong. Apparently that's not his actual name. So yeah, I couldn't find when you search Jackson Crowter. I think he's that a normal guy. I don't so, think there's anything notable there. Yeah, the exact spelling I do not see replicated anywhere else. There are a couple of Jackson Crowthers. Um, there's a Crowder. guy on LinkedIn. There was a former professional baseball player. Um, but I don't for it's Crowther, but Crowter, that specific spelling, C-R-O-W-T-E-R, I didn't see anywhere else besides yeah. these lyrics. There's also Crowder. Um, that I've seen oh, the D? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I thought it was initially. I, I also just, my brain heard it for however long I've been listening to this album and just didn't listen to the second word and just assumed they were saying Jackson Pollock. Interesting. Yeah. It wasn't until I looked, I was like, oh. I just assumed it was some guy from some book or something, Jackson yeah. Crowder, and it turns out it's literally just some guy, proper noun, literally just some guy. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Sometimes, um, sometimes that's all it is. That's, all that's, is that's beautiful. Well, we'll get into it when we do Hannah Hunt, but yeah, same story there. Same deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just like picking them, picking or making up a guy, <laughs> making up a guy to get mad at. <laughs> guy who invents a guy. <laughs> um, and then we have the last line of the song: "Watch your step along the arch of glass." Uh, I mean, getting off a bus, you have to watch your step. That's my initial thought, you know, because you got to step down a solid foot, right? Yeah, so just like a broken bottle. Maybe. Uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, City. Arch, arch of City, glass. Baby. New York City, baby. Yeah, I don't really know what to mean by arch of glass. Uh, someone was saying, like, maybe it's the bus, um, like, looking in their reflection on the bus window. Oh, um, When you're okay. the protagonist of your own reality. and you're Yes, just, no. Have music in, and you're like, this is, this is the story. Riding the city bus is very music video. Absolutely. I just did it. And as and as the protagonist of reality, I felt very good riding the bus home. So so Boston pretty much the subway accesses everywhere you need to go with a few very slim exceptions. Okay. So I took the bus one time and I got on the wrong bus going the opposite way I wanted to go and didn't realize it for like or I think I couldn't get off until like 20 minutes later and then had to like go on another bus line and go back the 20 minutes and then like the 10 minutes it would have taken me to get home and so it was like a 10 minute bus ride that transformed into like a hour and a half commute because i took like forever for the second bus to come mm. i was just like never again never again yeah the getting on the wrong bus and then at some point realizing like oh i'm not where i'm supposed to be i did that a few months into my chicago tenure because the pretty chicago listeners out there uh the broadway and clark buses run at least in the north side of the city they run on the same path up until i think diversity and they split and I didn't get, I got way further north from there before I realized that I was not in the right place. Um, it's fun. I mean, you get to learn your city a lot better, but also when it happens at like 10 o'clock at night and it's like dark, it's a little weird. 
But hey, you learn. Yeah, if there's any listeners out there who also live in like Chicago or Bay Area, I don't know. Just let us know. DM the account. It's, yeah, it's just let interesting. us know. I, I'm su- I would be surprised. Well, who do you? Know. Where do you? I'm, I mean, I would have to imagine our listeners are from all over. Um, because what we're up to, we're getting about a hundred listeners an episode still, right? So there's a fair uh, amount of people out there. More than that. Oh, we're doing analysis on the app. Wow. We're hit. We're yeah. We're we're checking this the is, metadata this right is now. Late stage podcasting. This is right great. Now. You've heard of we, late um, stage capitalism. This is late stage podcasting. Also, um, because I have a disease and I love Notre Dame football, I'm considering going to the Notre Dame Stanford game at the end of the month. And so we might maybe just maybe get another live app for you guys before it's all <laughs> said and done. We'll have to see. We, we could have done a live app. Uh, uh, no, you're right. hundred. Li- no, live from um, stadium lot. <laughs> yeah. Cause I saw Nico last week at the Southern Cal game. Um, and you know neither of us were necessarily in a position or state to record a podcast. <laughs> be fun. <laughs> Whoa, it would have been great. Would have been tremendous content. Yeah, center of ep- center of epics and concerns tailgate. Do be lit. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, at this point, the podcast guy. Just so you know, like this is really for Nico and I to listen to because we like hearing <laughs> our own voices. <laughs> Anyway, we we do have actual fans. I mean, shout out to the person who uh, posted about us on the Vampire Weekend Reddit. Oh my god, no! It's happy to see that. Seriously, if any of you guys are still listening, there are a handful of fans that like tweet about us and like love talking about the show. That's awesome. Like, because we're just doing this. We never thought we would get there. We're just bullshitting, right? And if you guys want to listen to hear like hear us talk about that, that kicks ass. So thank you. Yeah, that's fun. It was just so startling to be on reddit at work and just like see vampire weekday covers this yeah what shout out winner like the original goat listener and then like people in the comments are like love the show and it's like what yeah what it's great stuff love Love it love our listeners appreciate every one of you um yeah anyway uh that's the song yeah great track the song um where would you rank this in your pantheon of? I guess we'll do a ranking, but um, I, this I, think, is, no, I have this a feeling is, it's top five for you. This is top five. Yeah, this yeah. is th- like definitely top ten when it's all said and done. I think right now it's top five. I think this is like top twelve, like around okay. twelve for me. Fair. Yeah, it'd be interesting to just go ahead at the end and list every single song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. At this point, I actually would feel comfortable doing that because I've thought yeah. about doing that for like Bruce songs or Steely Dan songs, but like I we've actually like talked about every song at this point or just yeah. about. So like I would actually feel comfortable doing I mean, some sort of master list. We're we're definitely gonna have to do an app near the end, or if not at the end, just covering like best albums, like rankings. Totally. Um and then maybe unveiling our final top five. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so favorite lyric I'm going for first because I really want Coronation Rickshaw grab. That's just so funny. Coronation Rickshaw grab. I'm going to go with Sing and Praise of Jackson Crowder because mm. we needed a line about some dude. No one's taken racist dreams. <laughs> I mean, you said favorite lyric, and I mean, I don't want to <laughs> be. I don't want to be making associations here. I don't want to make. Um, so our hat for this week oh top five um, top fives yes top five i'm gonna go 
Um, number one, Flower Moon. Number two, Everlasting Arms. Three, Unbearably White. Four, um, I'll go. Um, Kids don't stand a chance. Uh, five. Um, I will go. Sympathy. Let's go. This life. M seventy nine. Stranger. Wow, number two. Everlasting arms. Flower moon. That order probably isn't great, but that's my top five mm. in some order. And our hat for this week is a UTSA hat because UTSA is 8-0 and and also just uh, signed their coach to an extension until 2031. So go runners, meep, meep. Um, this is a meep fan account. Um, yeah. I think it's very funny because, you know, we're fans of Notre Dame and Texas A&M, like two very storied college football programs. And you think about how, like, every few years a program has – their best season in school history. And that's happening to UTSA right now. Well, you very, do know very... I'm a UTSA fan as well, no, right? Totally. Absolutely. But it's like, I, it's my dad and brother both went there. And I, I knew that. Um, yeah. And we had season tickets since the program started. At, no, I knew you were a fan. I just, you had, you'd never mentioned it to me until now. I'm not yeah. saying that you're, a, you're like a front runner or anything. <laughs> I just, it's, it's cool to think about how like UTSA fans like yourself, can say like oh the 2021 season was unquestionably the best season in program history that's very cool yeah yeah amen amen <laughs> you got more time to go going to the playoffs soon let's go um, <laughs> number 16 in the ap on the ap poll that's huge i mean once they get the aac and the playoffs expanded they can make the playoff so yeah we um, don't need to talk about playoff expansion here because we'd be going for we should we should do one college fo- half we sh- half of half of the account is pro half we have we actually side. should do a college football episode towards the end <laughs> just let it ride yeah uh, anyway uh song for next week we're sticking with made up names um we're going hannah hunt okay yeah so all that's right a big one that is most people's favorite song so we're talking about santa barbara so we can bring up munger hall next week <laughs> Did you see that tweet that yes. I sent that to you? Yes. Okay. I okay. sent that to you. I was the one who made you aware. <laughs> Mon- no, I saw Munger Hall first. No, I sent it to you at like 6 a.m. <laughs> no, okay. No, now I got to check the receipts because I swear to God, I saw that before you sent it to me. Oh, well, no. maybe. Maybe. You didn't mention it, so, but yeah. I, I definitely sent it to I you. I thought I sent it to you. Okay. All right. I'm, Fair. Well, let's see. Um... <laughs> We're, we're for those for those uninitiated, seat. just look up Munger Hall. Well, we'll uh, get into it next week. Fair, we'll fair. get into it next week, but it is a trip, and oh it is gosh. why rich people should not exist. <laughs> well, <laughs> to a certain yeah, extent, prob- probably. Yeah, to the, to the Charles Munger extent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a residence hall at Stanford named Munger Hall, and I wonder because it's him. Is it? Yeah, him? Oh. he he he's donated to Stanford in the past. Oh. Because he has the so much money. Residence. Oh, you okay. did text it to me. Yes. Wow. I, as Vampire Weekend would say, I stand corrected. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's donated to Michigan. He's donated to Stanford under these conditions that he designed the building. 
It's oh my god. We, we'll get into it next week. It but actually like, is I the could, nicest residence on campus. I could, it's like also twenty four hundred dollars to share a four bedroom apartment. Oh yeah, yeah. yes. Anyway, I could go on forever. We'll save that for next week. Um, so next week for Hannah Hunt. Uh, take it easy, folks. Take it easy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so after finishing recording. <laughs> Me, me and Kevin realized we forgot to bring up a wild thing. So we're just going to insert this in the middle of the episode. A there's a lot of chronological mishaps going on here. It might but, be more fun to put it at the end to be like, oh, like there's four minutes left. Or something. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I just need to make sure people know about this. That's the thing. It's, it's... So there is a LP by a guy named Adam War Rock, um, capital R, so it's War, capital R, Rock, um, and he is a rapper who does geek rap, is what it was described as. He used to be a lawyer, and then he gave that up to pursue this, so good for him in that sense, but this LP is called Oxford Comma, but with no, um, nouns outside of the first o and the last a and it is something um i they it's samples beats from the first lp from vampire weekend and he raps over them and it is like aggressive and i don't know i wasn't a fan what did you think it was really sentimental it was really emotional and like you're a lot of the emotional in your music but i think that this particular sample um you could have done better i think you shouldn't have sampled this song to be quite honest with you if this is the intent you were going for um the beat actually wasn't terrible if i'm gonna be honest yeah, the beat but was the good. song overall was bad it's what is with all these rappers trying to sample vampire weekend successfully and Kid Cudi's the only one I've seen do it successfully so far. So it's funny you mention. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm looking at this guy up on Wikipedia, and he's described as a nerdcore rapper. And this yeah. reminds me of an all-time Alex Trebek line. I'm going to share my screen here. Oh, I love that line. You know this one, right? Yeah. This is insane. Um, share computer sound. Share any day now. Here we go. This is just incredible. I'm gonna get a YouTube ad for a 30 second video. This is disgusting. Then bam. Password rejected. Google's password manager creates. This is really weekday after dark right now. This is incredible. This is great radio. This is such good radio. Here we go. I think it's very fun. It's called Nerdcore Hip Hop. Nerdcore Hip Hop. Yes. Um, It's uh, people who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners you know <laughs> it's really catchy thanks losers in other words well <laughs> absolute king absolute king alex Trebek i've seen right it there. already but an absolute banger of a line rest um, in alex trebek right, no one's gonna do it better than him no um, no absolutely really did he make fun of the guests on the show but that was pretty blatant right there yeah i remember seeing a tweet about that saying like Everyone, all these uh, memorials are about Alex Trebek or like how warm-hearted and kind he was, but it's missing the fact that he kind of was brutal sometimes, and it was like funny, like it was in a good way. 
but yeah all-time great um but this lp is just it's all over the place so did you listen to the other songs i listened to a little bit and it's just it's a lot i can't yeah i don't recommend it i'm probably not gonna invest my time i'm glad i listened to the one because it's like wow this really is just weird um I mean, respect to Adam Warrock for pursuing his passion. Actually, yeah, great. This was one of his first LPs, so maybe his later stuff is good. Check him out a little bit and give him a shout out. But maybe he got out of that college poppy indie phase and you know matured into maybe more of a a dad rock thing in his later years. You just never know. (laughs) Sometimes it happens to people. (laughs) It, it, It really do be like that sometimes. So anyway. Just wanted to add that real quick as an addendum to the episode. Um, Have fun, folks. Take it easy, folks.